Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. And today I'm talking with Ken Fresky, who has a very interesting story and a story can I can relate to because you're a career changer major (laughs) you're a career changer and I was a career changer and that's something I'd like to shine some light on uh for this conversation that you know we don't necessarily need to be the same thing for a hundred years right well that's the thing our definition of success changes as we uh yeah shall I say mature sure so you know about 10 years ago, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, and I was confused. You were a so, mechanic, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're working on, you worked on regular vehicles? Yep. I've, I've worked on pretty much anything with, a, with an engine. Right. Um, any type of machine, I'll, I'll fix anything. And uh, it's just been a knack of mine. I own my own business for 25 years, which I uh, got out of to pursue this. And this is what? How would you explain it? Well, I've written uh, two books. I'm trying to get my third book published as we speak. Um, I'm a Reiki master. I do Akashic Record readings. And I started receiving messages about 10 years ago, which is what my books comprise. uh, The messages I started receiving about 10 years ago. Okay, so let's let's go back to the garage. You're in there. You're doing your gig. This is how you make a living. What makes you switch careers? All right, well, what actually happened, it goes back to the beginning, probably around 10 years ago, my midlife crisis was not a sports car. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, my, my, my wife decided to pursue taking Reiki, and there's a story behind that with, with our kids and what brought her to that point. But that could be a conversation for another time. Uh, but I was invited to go to her class as the sole participant. Sure. And... Um, I reluctantly went. I wasn't looking for this. This is this is where I tell people your purpose finds you instead of you have needing to go out there and find your purpose. Sure. Um, and I'm um, laying on a table, and my wife's doing her thing, and the teacher stops her, and the, way, the woman looks at me and says, they're telling me to ask you if you want to be opened up to receive messages. And I'm looking at her like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I, and I say to myself, well, let's just get this thing going. I got things to do. You know, I got to get home, do this, do that. I say, yeah, do what you got to do. And that was it. And my wife proceeded to do whatever she did. And then two years later, I started getting messages around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, almost like someone's speaking to me while I'm sleeping. Mm. And I wake up, and it's like, and I'm compelled to write them. And I've never gotten up in the middle of the night to record dreams or anything like that. I start writing these messages down. And as soon as I start thinking about what I'm writing, I stop. And then I reread what I've written. And it's not my way of speaking. It's not my even ideals of how I think the world should work or operate. So you're a vessel at that point. You're, you're, I, basically, I was just a conduit for them to download information into me. And, right, um, right. That's where it started. And I wow. and uh, started having visions of, of different people that I could validate with other people. There's so, certain books that have been said, have been written in that manner. And in fact, one of them is The Course of Miracles, which we talked about on the phone the other day. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I'll take this as a compliment. I had a guy come up to me at a fair and says, I read your books and uh, it's The Course of Miracles for Dummies. So I'm thinking, that's probably a good. Because <laughs> The Course of Miracles is a tough read. 
It is. And I have since read it. I had never read it prior to, the, to, to, to me doing the books I've written. And there's a lot of similarities. Right. And they same with conversations with God. A lot of similarities. So, I mean, if, the, if there's one source and it's all coming from there, well, of course, there will be similarities. Right. And that book is said to be, uh, the woman who wrote it is said to be uh, a conduit. Yes. And she it. was Jewish. Right. right. So, and she's writing a book in which, you know, Jesus is speaking to her. Right. So that's kind of unique. Right. Absolutely. So you have this, uh, I guess we'll call it an awakening, and you, how do you transfer this into a, a lifestyle change and a, a career well, change? Well, it's difficult. Um, and, and this is where your definition of success has to change. I mean, my definition of success when I was younger was, you know, a house, you know, finance, you know, things and all that stuff. I could uh, be given $2 million to go back to where I was, and I would never go back there. Never? Uh, no, no, I, I couldn't. It, it just doesn't resonate with me anymore. Um, I struggle to change oil in my own cars now. <laughs> right. you know, things that were simple for me at one point are now like, it becomes, something messes up. It's almost like they're saying, this isn't what you do anymore. Right. You, you know, so, you right. know, basically pick what path you want to take. Take either one. But if you take this one, it's just going to be difficult for you because this is not where... Uh-huh. we want you or you your soul wants to be yeah because we come here with our ideas in our head that society plants in our head of what we want to do yeah and actually our soul says whoa, whoa wait a minute i didn't sign up for this yeah. i signed up for x y and z right it's a whole different whole different way of looking at things so you found your purpose your purpose found you my purpose found me because uh most of this stuff i've done under duress other than pursuing the akashic records i've pursued that because i was intrigued thinking maybe this is where my stuff's coming from and you, you know there's no hard and fast yes that's where it's coming from you can't prove any right, of it but right and, and we'll, we'll talk about the akashic record yeah, in down the the road. but how does your friends and family take you not only switching careers but switching to something that is beyond logic well actually yeah it's it's tough um i'm I wear masks with some people, and now not so much. But when I first started, I was very selective in who I told I was getting these messages, who I shared them with. Um, but when I wrote my two books that were published, uh, kind of like crickets from my family. Yeah. You, you don't hear much. And it, it's not a lack of support. I think it's more of a lack of, you know, they have their belief system, which is rooted in Catholicism. Yep. And um, I kind of always questioned that, even as a, even as a and young you're kid. you're Italian, so you grew up in that oh, yeah, Catholic oh, yeah, lifestyle. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, suffering builds character, life's a veil of tears. I heard it all my life. And yeah. um, that's that's not what it's all about. And um, I don't believe in a, in a punishing God. I mean, I'm not afraid of God. And people say, you're not afraid of God. Well, why would I be? I'm not afraid of my father. Respect, yes. Right. Fear, no. Right. Two different things. Right, and you hear that term a lot, God-fearing. I'm a God-fearing person. Well, yeah, we'll change that to respect, and, and yeah. that's it. I mean, because God is not in many of my messages in my book. I believe I'm channeling God, and he's saying, this is not what, you've got it wrong. And all the religions of the world are merely one brick in what builds the whole yeah. spiritual. It's all the way. It, it's it, There's a lot more going on than what we see in religion. And religion, if you look at it, it is a business. It is rooted in, you know, to a certain extent, controlling the flock. And how do you control people? Do you, you make them fearful? Sure, sure. No different than uh, uh, a dad might. Yeah, I mean, you got to have you know, 
spanking. Wait till dad comes home, you know, that kind of right. deal. Which, right. you know, right. so. Right. Do you still respect um, Jesus as a spiritual master? Oh, yes, master? I do. I do. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in angels, saints, all that stuff. I mean, it all fits in. Um, but you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't have a problem walking into a Catholic church. I wouldn't have a problem walking into a synagogue. I, I went to Greece with an older sister, and we walked in an Orthodox Greek Orthodox church, and it sure. felt special. Right. And it's it's you know all the religions of the world are based in a similar thing. Yeah. Except they we, we see ourselves as different from each other, and we're not. Right. And that's that's what we need to. Uh, we don't need to do anything, but that's what we could work on. Absolutely. How about a Buddhist temple? Could you go in there? Possibly, if I ever wanted to go to one of the countries a Buddhist temple was located in. But um, <laughs> I haven't thought of it. But, I mean, I think that there's all, it, everything's valid. Everything, everybody's beliefs are rooted in something. They just don't pop out there. Spirituality is just, is, is, is bigger. It's beyond religion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a force. It's a, it's a different thing. It's a source. It's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you're, you could be religious or you could be spiritual and you could be, sometimes you could be both. Yeah. But if you're stuck in religion and you use religion as your soapbox to stand on to judge others, then you're kind of missing the whole point. That's right. And that's, that's, that's where I was. And I saw a lot of that growing up. Not necessarily a family, but just in general. So how does, how does your family and friends that are into the Catholic side of things. How do they deal with you making this transition? Well, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a you know street preacher. I'm not out there throwing it in their face. I mean, I have different perspectives on things. Uh, my father's been going through a challenging time, so I might throw these little tidbits in, and he seems a little interested in what I'm saying about you, you know. Well, maybe you're going through this for this reason. Maybe you're going through that for this reason. My mother is still you know she's rooted in her belief system, which brings her comfort, and that's 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 fine. That's fine. What type of changes have happened to you during this transition? Are you more compassionate? Uh, yeah. My, my, I, I was um, from, say, 14 to 24, I was a very angry male. I, I had a temper, a wicked temper, and that, that's basically uh, non-existent. I mean, at times I could feel it rearing its ugly head. Not anymore. I mean, it's it's not something that I, I you know. What do you think you're angry at? In, in um, I think basically my anger when I was younger was I wasn't being heard. I talked constantly, which, you know, maybe people just right. had a reboot and couldn't take it any longer. <laughs> that could be it. But, um, you know, some of it, my, my beliefs that, you know, I probably was born with these with this knowing that, that, I've, that I've embraced now. And I was just trying to. You know, get it out. Things didn't, you know, things in life, the way things were, what I saw was fair, what I saw wasn't fair, you know, made me angry. Right. It wasn't something that I just, okay, whatever. It just, I really got an anger over it. So you're, I think you're, you were deep, trying to be righteous. You, you wanted to be uh, right? Righteous, maybe. That sounds super religious to me. But, you, you know, in some ways, I didn't get the answers I was looking for with the typical, like, if you don't go to church, you don't go to heaven. Right. I'm thinking about my friend down the street who's Jewish. What, he's not going to heaven? Is that right. what you're trying to tell me? Sure. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Sure. Gandhi's not going to heaven? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm saying, you know, you got to be Catholic to go to heaven. I mean, well, you, you could be Catholic and get to heaven, but you don't have to be Catholic to right. get to heaven. So you you saw the holes and... Uh... Well, I saw, I saw the, yeah, I kind of saw the, you know, the hypocrisies in life. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisies in our world even today. 
Right. In in, some, in our politics, there's hypocrisy, and and you know, the world and its imperfection is what makes the world perfect. Because this is not supposed to be some big kumbaya fest here, and it's never going to be. This is a place for us to come and have our experiences, and our experiences right. are going to encompass differences, rooted in a lot of different things, and we have to see the people we interact with more as souls, as human beings right. doing what, you know, judging what these human beings are doing. We could judge the behavior, right. but don't judge the soul. Don't judge the soul. That's, that's where I've, I've gone with all of this stuff. Right, right. So. So. The Akashic Records. Not everybody knows what that is. Could you explain it to somebody that doesn't know? Um, yeah, sim- I, I'm... I'm tend to be oversimplify everything thousands of pages have been written about the akashic records and there's a thousand different interpretations on it um basically i boil it down to it's basically a library and all the books are about you past present future your soul's journey your soul's purpose your soul's desire to do x y and z yeah um do you imagine it to be some big room somewhere with all these volumes of books yeah that could be i I don't know i I can't i can't say i can't i i've seen what i believe to be akashic records when i was when i've been talking with people and it's almost like I don't have the vernacular to explain what I see, but imagine a room and there's volumes on a wall or whatever, but there's people in there or, or entities, which I call your guides, your masters, and your teachers. And those are the people you can converse with when you're in your records mm. and get clarity. Right. And I'm just a conduit to get the person sitting in front of me in touch with their guides, clients, and what have you. I learned about all this back in, I think it was 2012. I was at an ashram. And a book sort of called out to me in the library. It was on Paul Twitchell. Are you familiar with Paul Twitchell? No. He was a soul traveler. And uh, he uh, he explained the Akashic Records and, and how you can, you know, you see your whole history and the, the incarnations. And, the, and I was just blown away. And, of course, this all matches up with Buddhism. This all matches up with... Hinduism, I mean, like like you said, all the religions are based in the same truth, right? Correct, but it's how we practice or how we think we're going right. to get to that. I'd say you could go, get to Los Angeles by going straight across the country. You could go north up through Montana. You could go south through Texas. Either way, we're all going to end up in the same place. Right. And there's no right or wrong way to get there. Right. Some ways are a little more direct. Some ways are a little longer. Right. So... Uh, what do you say to somebody who doesn't 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 vibe with the the whole reincarnation thing? Well, I think there's more evidence to reincarnation than there is we live say 70 to 80 years and off we go and spend the time in a place that people think there is a place called heaven. Heaven to me is a state of being. Correct. It's not a zip code. Is you know heaven's not some place you go to. It's a dimension of sorts, a different dimension of sorts, and the same can be said for hell. I don't think of hell as a place with fire and, and, and you know. You know well, I, I, what one could say that you were in hell because you were an angry young man. Well, that could be. I mean, your life, yeah. you know, hell is another state of being. If, you, if you, you leave this life with regrets of not, you find out what your soul's purpose was, you had opportunity to hit it, and it, that may create a hell for you. It could be a place, but I think when we pass, we're in a place of unconditional love, unconditional healing yeah and unconditional forgiveness because we need to see 
the point in what our life served. And this is where the Akashic Records help because a lot of people have repetitive patterns in their life and they're like, why, why does this keep happening to me? Right. And when we go into records, well, this is happening because here, there's a message contained in this event. Here's the message you might be missing. Never will they say, do this, do that, do this, because those are free will choices. But they'll tell you, if you do this, this may manifest. If you do that, this may manifest. And then what resonates with you is the path you follow. Um, this is why I have people come to me when they do their Kashyyyk record, and they'll be doing a conversation like you and I are doing right now, mm-hmm. where they come in with questions. Because once again, everything's rooted in free will. Right. Free will is one thing God chooses not to interfere with. Because we have to come here with our free will, and we either follow the path our soul wanted to take, or through free will, we make other choices. But the universe is instantly going to redirect everything or reorganize everything so we get the experience we actually came here to have. Right. So I thought I was fixing vehicles all my life. And now I'm... You were able to go back, right? You did you you saw your own Akashic records? Yeah, to a certain extent, I I, I, I can do my own readings. Others. No, I I could do I could I could see mine very very often, very easily without even attempting to go in because they're going to show me something. So basically, when I was a mechanic, I wasn't so concerned about what a machine did. I was intrigued with how it worked. How does it do this? Even even if I look at a bridge going over a river, I'm not looking at the bridge. I'm like, what's under the water? How's that thing held up? What, what, how deep do they go? You know, things like that's how my mind works. Well, now my chosen career, so to speak, hasn't changed. I'm just working with a different vehicle, the vehicle we use to have our human experience here. Right. So I'm getting an understanding of how that works. Mm. When you went into your own records, what did you find? This is where I have to be. And, and I'm going through the challenges I'm going through. But most of the challenges I go through are because of a, a limiting mindset, a belief system that's been instilled in me over the years. And it also comes from generational things. Um, my big thing I, I deal with is um, the sense of lack. You know, well, you have enough that, it, you know, and that fear around, you, you know, finance, um, provision, what have you. And... Um, we don't need to be afraid of anything, but it's, it's hard to come out of that. I mean, you spend X number of years with that mindset. It just doesn't go away instantly. So I, I struggle with what's even in my books. I struggle following what they tell me to do. Right. And um, I'm not, I, I don't preach to anybody. You know, you read them, you believe them, fine. If you don't, you don't. You want to have a conversation with about it, you do, great. But um, I struggle with doing, trying to live my life the way these books are telling us to live our lives. Right. With the, with the perspective they're trying to give us. Right. So someone could go back into their Akashic Records. You can show them that three centuries ago they were doing this in the world and, and it might help them break a pattern now? Well, yes. Um, some people um, are big into past life regressions. I'm not into past life regressions as entertainment because it serves no purpose for you to know you were an Egyptian princess 3,000 years ago. How is that helping you in this lifetime? My goal is how can you, how can I, through what I do, empower someone to live their life with all the challenges you're going through and take a different perspective on what they're going through? My big thing is about empowering. I don't want to entertain someone and say, you know, this is, you were in the Indian in 300 years ago. 
how can they validate that? I try right. to give them information they can validate and they can use. Mm. Um, what would, what had, would be an example of uh, information they can validate? Well, um, I was in one girl's records, and um, this was quite some time ago. And uh, and I know about it. Most of the times when I did readings, I would forget them because it's not my stuff. Uh, this girl, we happen to have a conversation about it afterwards, so it, it's 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 refreshed in my mind. Now it's mine, and now it's now it's in there. But um, this girl came in, fine, you know, everything's good. You know, she's asking a few questions here and there, and all of a sudden, I see um, this child pop forward, almost like you know how some people do things on Facebook where they hold up a a piece of paper, it says something, and they fold another piece of paper over that kind of deal, yeah. and said thank you, and it folds it over again and says. You did nothing wrong, and it kept going. I'm like, so I go to her. I said, "Who's who's the who's the child who's thanking you?" And her eyes just got wide. I says, "You know, I says, you know, they're just and and I'm not channeling dead relatives or anything like that, but these relatives will be there as example, and the guys are using them for an example. So this child was thanking her. You didn't do anything wrong. He did what you had to do. You allowed me to start my experience over." Well, what ended up happening, this girl was in tears. She finally told me she had an abortion. Mm. Now, I am not a fan of that, so to speak, but who am I to have an opinion about it, right. so to speak, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to be pregnant, obviously. Right. Um, not in this life. But not in this lifetime. But then again, that would make a good book. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't judge people for that because that that's their stuff, and I'm not going to tell anybody else what they should do. I know what resonates with me. Right. Um. And basically, this soul came through, which was a very old soul, although appeared to me as a child, that she was guided by this soul to have this procedure done because this soul decided this was not the incarnation it wanted to come into. Mm. So it's a whole different perspective I'm looking at. So sometimes uh, miscarriage, um, sudden infant death, is a soul, it's almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Wait a minute, this isn't the experience I signed up for. I, I, I want out, and you are... It's, you can't prove any of what I'm saying, but it resonated with her. She left with such a weight off her back because she had such guilt right. over doing what she did, thinking right. she you know, destroyed a life. But see, this is, we're looking at the physical vessel. The soul is never destroyed. No. And that doesn't mean we just should not value life and, my, and try to keep life. My you know. understanding is that it, it comes into the womb so uh, at conception. So what you're saying makes sense to me. Makes yeah, it's, sense it's, to it's me. deep stuff. It, it's, 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 and we're, some we're, people we're, aren't we're, ready we're, to, to, no, to, to grasp that. That's because logic. Well, yeah, we try to people, rationally. We people, want we want proof. We right. want to be able to touch, feel right. it. Well, we live in a three dimensional world, and this right. spirituality is so many dimensions and so many things. It's a mysterious it. place, man. But my you third know? book, Life is Simple. If you look at things from this perspective, things are a lot simpler. We overcomplicate it. We are overthinking everything. Everything. Right now, this does not mean that life isn't important, and and you know, I. But it also shows that you know. Our human existence is merely part of our experience. Your car runs out of gas, you get out, and you take a walk. All right. Your body fails to function. Your experience continues. Us on this side are struggling 
on one side it's sadness on the other side it's a welcome home right so it's a different way of looking at stuff sure do you so what's what's the goal of every human being what's the purpose Come here and have your experience. Have your I, experience. I am not one to tell ever tell anybody what their like experience is. Like I struggle school? to find out what mine is. So how am I going to tell you what yours is? Kind of like a school. Well, I mean, uh, it, it started out that way for me. My messages came to me when they started. Very basic. They come to me in a way that I'll embrace them. Because if I got my third book first, I'd probably be talking to a psychiatrist right now and not you. Right. Um, my first book starts, Life's a Classroom. You learned this. You learned that. But halfway through that book, they said... We got you to swallow that. Ultimately, you're not here to learn anything. You're here to remember who and what you truly are while you're having these experiences. Mm. So basically, life is about your soul's evolution. Right. But we are divine spiritual beings, one with God. Really, what do we need to learn? Right. We're here to remember what we're we forgot. We're here to remember, right. Or what's being clouded. Yep, blocked by our, you know... The, the world we're living in now. I mean, and it, society. You know, and you social. can't blame your parents because they were they had their parents telling it. That's right. And their, you know, it goes back. Yep. It goes back. Yep, yep, yep. Do you think that your, the evolution of you and, and your change in this life is setting up your next life for something greater? Absolutely. I, I believe karma is not a punishment for something you did wrong, although, you know, for thousands of years, that's what people have said karma is. Karma is basically an unfinished experience or a continuation of an experience. Yes. So if you come into a lifetime and you wanted to do X, Y, and Z and you made it to X, your next time is go- your next lifetime is going to start out at Y and Z. And just because I was a murderer in a past life or an e- evil person in a past life, which I'm sure I was at one point or another, doesn't mean that in this lifetime you're going to suffer the same wrath that you inflicted on others. Right, right. Basically, that was an experience for whatever reason your soul wanted to have, needed to have, and you came in. So everything that happens in this life, I don't want to say there's no right or wrong, but there just is. Yes. Okay? There's no positive negative. There just is. And that doesn't mean we go out and we, you know, we need laws to function as a society mm-hmm. on a human level, and we need to discern and judge whether someone's actions are appropriate for our life. Right. But that does not mean we judge the soul because we don't know that soul's story. Right. Many cases, uh, I've had this happen numerous times where people come in victims of abuse. Right. And the story is you came in to have that experience in order to learn. And here we go, we learn again. Yeah. To stand in your power, to see your worthiness, to see your deservingness, to see your divinity despite what's going on by the actions of others. And some of these souls that are the villains in your life are actually showing you unconditional love because they signed up to play that part for you. Mm. So how much more can you show someone you love them to say, okay, I'll be the bad guy in your experience? Right. It's a diff- it's, not, it's not saying what they did is okay. And there are choices where people come in and through free will they do this. I, uh, quick story. I had a spiritual mentor. He was a mystic. And one time, somebody in my life deceived me, screwed me over. I went to him for advice. And I'm like, this happened to me, blah, 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 blah. And I'm upset, of course. And he's like, you're supposed to be screwed over. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, He's like, yeah, it's, it's, th- that's what is. We're all going to be screwed over. 
You know, we're all going to have moments of, like, when you go buy a car, it, let's just say it's a nice BMW, brand new, whatever it yeah, is. You're buying the wrong car right there, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> you're, I don't know. You're buying whatever it is, just a really <laughs> high-class car. You, you got to know that a carriage in the grocery store may bang into it. May ding it up. You may get into a car accident. Like the car, it's but what impermanent. What is that carriage telling you? There's a message in that. Yeah. You know, don't get all wrapped up in the in the fluff of this lifetime. Because I always joke with people, there's no U-Hauls in a funeral procession. <laughs> right, you, right. You can't take this crap with you. So why get so hung up on it? <laughs> yeah. But the, the same thing is is the forgiveness aspect. Yeah. A lot of people think forgiveness gives someone a free pass. It doesn't. Forgiveness does not condone what happened to you. Forgiveness allows you to release it so yeah. you don't carry it around anymore. Yeah, it's a catharsis. Now, I'm Italian. Yeah. Italians hold grudges for <laughs> generations. That's right. I probably hold grudges against people I never even knew because they've been <laughs> dead for 300 years. Who knows? But that's, you know, it's just that, yeah. you know, you got to let that stuff go. Yeah. Because it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not helping you. Yeah. Forgiveness is something you give to yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and that falls into where you need to forgive yourself for a lot of perceived mistakes you think you made in your in this lifetime. So not everyone's going to wake up like you did. Not everyone's going to wake up like I did in my story. And not everybody's meant to. I never thought I'd be doing this it stuff. Could be the next, it could be the next life, right? You never know. I mean, everybody. I think everybody has the innate potential to tap into this. Um, you just have to, you know, it, it's like anything else. It's like, um, it's something you have to open yourself up to. And I, I jokingly say you have to be out of your mind. Yeah. Because your mind basically is a protective device. It's That's right. kicking in all the time it's to say, con- keep you from walking into traffic, to but yeah. it's instilling a lot of fear in you. Sure. So if you could get out of your mind, yep. you're open to... To what's going on, and then there's people that don't want to hear it, and that's fine. Gotta They're step, not here yet. Got to step back and look in with awareness. I always, I always looked at our lives almost like a relay race. You know, when you're done with the race, you're 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 passing the baton onto the next person, and they take off. You think that's a decent metaphor for? It it is to an extent, but then this this gets us into an even a whole deeper perspective, which is another message I received that. Time in our in our world right now, where, where you and I are sitting, is linear. Correct. Okay, we got yesterday, we got today, we got tomorrow. Yes. You, you know, so that just gives us a way to, to, to process what's going on. The past, present, and future all happen at the same time. Yep. And so people think, you know, well, when I die, I'm going to come back in the future. Well, no. You may come back in a time period that's suitable for the experience you're going to have. Yeah. So the 1500s isn't necessarily before the 1900s. So you can incarnate in these different time periods, but I really don't think it's like you're appearing there. I think you're already there. Your soul can have multiple experiences at the same time. Mm-hmm. You are presently conscious of this lifetime you're having right now. Right. But there's other lifetimes your soul's experiencing right now. And this is where dreams come in, and I think these are glimpses into those other lifetimes. And I also think, now I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not discounting what psychiatrists say about this, but split personalities, I think, are basically people who aren't grounded in a lifetime. Mm. They're living multiple lives at the same time. They can't get themselves set in one place or another. Right. So that's kind of a spooky thing, but maybe that's not what it is. Maybe it's just a brain function. I don't know. But it it tends to stand to reason that if you have your souls having these multiple experiences, 
and you don't have control over what you perceive to be reality, right? You yeah, you get pretty confused. Sure, I, I once heard a guru say that we're all kind of schizophrenic because we all come from a male and a female. Oh, so, yeah, so no right male there, female on the other side. Yeah, those are energies reincarnating, and um, I got a message on that too. Um, and if you have you have time for it, yeah, the, yeah. The, souls that incarnate in a masculine form come in fearful and hesitantly for the experience they're going to have. Yeah. So they incarnate into a society where they're perceived to be in, strong, in power, and in control. Well, we've been running societies for what three thousand years. How have we done so far? Yeah, not too good. Not too good. But then again, maybe it's exactly the way we're supposed to be doing it. I don't know. Right. But the souls that incarnate in a feminine form come in ready, willing, and able to accept their challenges. So they basically throw the training wheels off and say, "I'm going to come into a society where I'm perceived to be weaker, less than, not in control." And if you look at all the religions of the world, women have been left out. But women have to realize the power that they have. And this is what's happened in society today. Because a woman could say, this guy did this, and that guy's guilty right off the bat. Right. You know, and, and that's just a pendulum swinging energetically. Um, but the feminine energy can also do one more thing that the male energy cannot do. And that's to create a vessel for another soul to incarnate in yes. to keep this ball rolling. Yes. So how much power does the feminine energy have a lot and but the, the society knocks them down religion knocks them down the males knock them down right. because if the feminine ever figures out how much power they <laughs> how have. much power they have yeah this world's going to change drastically it's yep. like a horse if a horse ever figured out how strong it was it would never let somebody sit on its back for three hours and ride around that's right this horse is probably saying hey you're out of here yeah <laughs> Yeah, one, so it's, one it's, kick it's, to the chest, it's a yeah. wrap. And on the other side, we're not male nor female, but the point of the message was we have to embrace those differences. Men and women think differently. Right. Someone breaks into your home, you're going to run downstairs in your underwear and probably get beat up. Right. Your wife's going to run and protect the children. Right. Because they're nurturers. Yep. But what better way to protect than to nurture? Right. So they, the feminine energy kind of has it all together. Yeah. Where the males are, we're still, we're kind of... Yeah, and what we're you're saying is the Chinese spiritual cavemen, so to speak. So. Right, and what you're saying is is the Chinese yin and yang. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's all these messages that you're receiving. Um, I've encountered, and and my studies from ancient books and things of that nature. Have you? I'm just curious. Have you ever gone back to any books or got in touch with any gurus or masters? Book, I'm not a big book person never so was so you're just I, all about the messages i'm just with the messages coming through i'm not trying to validate what i get i don't want to try to support what i get i get what i get yeah you want to believe it believe this i always like that all my life you know if you if you want to you, if you want to roll the way i roll great if you don't go do your own thing right you know what i mean and it's it's the same thing with this i'm not trying to brainwash anybody i'm not trying to convince anybody of anything right. but there's some very important things in there that um if you could convince me and change my life. Not that I was a bad guy before, but I was all about work, 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 work right. ethic. You know, sure, you didn't sure. work if you didn't come home sweating and bleeding. You right, didn't right. work. You know, guy came home in a suit. What he do? He didn't do a job all day. You know, right, right. but that that was my <laughs> mentality. And I lived in a black and white world. This is right. That's wrong. Right. Well, my world's changed quite a bit. <laughs> it definitely. So has. You, you know, it's not black and white anymore. My mine has as well. And uh, uh, like I, I was born with this disease of ambition i call it like a disease like this 
scale, go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And then depending on your upbringing with your parents, that could turn you into an overachiever and an underachiever. So I became an overachiever, always trying to achieve, always doing this. But is that a sense of inadequacy that you had all your life yes. that was instilled in you by parents? Or is that your soul coming in from past lifetimes? You know, you, know, you, were, you were considered less than or who knows what right. your past lives were right. to create this mindset that your soul is going to come in and prove itself again. But your soul really has to learn that it doesn't need to prove itself. Right. It doesn't. You know, if you're a divine spiritual being, one with God, yeah, you're not going to get much better than that. No, you're not. And and that's what I'm experiencing. What I've experienced over the last five or six years is that my uh, the the deeper I go and the more I learn, the more I remember, as you say, the more that ambition fades away. Mm-hmm. The more I just want to lay down. I just want to lay down or I want to sit here. I tell people one of my favorite pastimes is watching the grass grow. <laughs> well, see, I, 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 I go better. fishing. I go fishing. I, I, if I've caught 10 fish in the last 20 years, I've probably done real well. But my, my, my idea about going fishing is not to catch fish. It's to go fishing. Yeah. It's just to get out and do something. Now, when I say you put yourself in a position of acceptance, that doesn't mean you just sit back, put your feet up, and do nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's like living in a room full of feathers. You move your hands, some feathers are going to move. That's yeah. the way the universe works. Yeah. As soon as you step into it, things are going to start moving for you. Right. So there, there's no way to move any direction other than forwards. But being in acceptance means that you accept the situation going on around you. You continue to go on with your life, but understand that there's a message contained in every event in your life. Mm-hmm. You could go home today and find your house burning to the ground. Right. Don't jump for joy over that. It wouldn't be natural. But you also got to realize, okay... There's a message contained in this event. It's not so much that you know what it is. The mere fact that you acknowledge there is one, yeah, it's going to bring you a sense of peace. When you're at peace, that's when you get opened up to hear what they're trying to tell you. Right. That's right. So that's what acceptance is all about. That's what my third book is all about. And that's why the third book is titled Life is Simple. It's simple. You, we spend so much time as human beings resisting everything. That's right. Our minds are just messing with us. like con, Like a con yeah. man in your head. Yeah. Just messing with you, telling you this. And it's you know, this, you know, the, what society deems is correct and what isn't correct. What's correct in the year two thousand wasn't correct in the year eighteen hundred. Sure. What would you tell someone who's on their deathbed, and they say, "Hey, can you can you give me some advice, Ken? I'm gonna die any day now." That's yeah, that's a tough one because uh, you know, dying's dying's not. Dying is harder for the people around the person that's dying than it is for the person dying. Um, but you know, the most important thing is giving them giving them the permission to let go. Much of the suffering we see in this world with, with people passing is the energy created by those around them. Right. You know, being in the resistance of them going, what am I going to do without them? Oh, my God. You know, they treat some people in their 90s as if they're rehab cases. And, and you know, their experience is over. Now, it's like when we graduate from high school, some of your friends go off to college, some of your friends go into the military, some of your friends go down to the corner and stay there for the rest of their lives. Who knows where they go? But you don't hold them back. You're going to miss them, but you don't hold them back. And the same thing with someone who's passing. Now, I'm not big into, you know, the euthanasia talk they have going on. I think everybody needs to go through their process. But much of what we see uh, someone suffering when they're dying, we're watching a vessel fail. 
Right. It's almost like, I don't know if you're old enough to remember cars when you shut them off, they used the diesel with the carburetors because the fuel was still running in and it's igniting and the car's stumbling due yeah. to heat of compression as opposed to spark. Right. And pretty soon it dies and you're in stop and shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're watching. The soul has already left that vessel and the soul is protected from the suffering. The soul is protected from the pain. But the actual person in the bed passing, give them permission to go. Yeah. If they want, if it's their time, they have permission to go. How shocked is an atheist going to be when they die? I don't know. <laughs> well, they I, can't I see the smirk know. on your face. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't know. this is radio, Ken. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how shocked the atheist is going to be when they run into me? Um, uh, you, you know, it's it's, but. We're we're all in for we're all in for an awakening. We can have it here or we can have it there. My thing is the more you take care of in this existence, the better because on the other side with your heightened sensitivities, your heightened awareness, things might be a little more difficult to process. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. So everybody thinks heaven's gonna be a cakewalk. Oh, I go to heaven, that's it, I chill up there. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go there. You're going to I I call it a re-education camp, jokingly, but it's it's you know you're going to get up there and you you're going to see and I'm I'm not going to see the error of your ways because you haven't done anything wrong, but you're going to see what your actions, how they re, how other people saw your actions and how it, how it affected them, and and it's it's a healing place. Yeah. Is what it is because we have to heal from this life and you get a do-over but you're not going to remember unless you have awakening the other side we are all knowing right we come in here and i heard this story and i if i read it in a book or whatever i'm gonna repeat it anyways if i'm copying somebody's stuff we're, we're, we're just putting that out there right now this little girl about two or three years old wanted to go into her bedroom to see her baby brother and she insisted to her mother, she goes in by herself. And the mother's, well, no, I don't want, you know. And the kid kept pushing and pushing. Finally, the mother gets the, well, this must be an old story, a video camera. And she's watching the little girl go in the room. She opens the door to crack and she goes to her little brother, whatever his name is, Johnny, what have you. Johnny, tell me what God looks like. I'm starting to forget. Mm. I think we do come here with the knowing. We come here with the remembrance. But once we're here... You know, what we see around us, we start picking it. Okay, this is our reality. Yeah. And we start forgetting where we came. I mean, you forget things from your childhood. Sure. Because it's not there anymore. Sure. I forget very little from my childhood. Yeah. I have a, I could remember things when I was three years old. Yeah. The, 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 the great and rascal master, uh, George Gershoff also used to call it remembering, re-remembering. And the, 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 the basis of the teaching is that you, you remember in the womb, you might even remember the first few months of your life, but it goes away. Yep. It, it gets subdued. It gets pushed down, repressed. It gets repressed, and then our parents and our family and the and society. They just reinforce everything that's getting stuffed down. And I think, Next thing I think you know, kids, when it's yeah. like, you watch children when they're, when they're one, two, three. I mean, they have their own language. Yeah. Uh, if you have like siblings close to age or whatnot, they live in the moment. They're not worried about if they eat. And, and, you know, they'll cry because they know if they cry, they're going to get attention. Yeah. Well, when did we get out of that? When did we start thinking we are not valued enough to be taken care of? 
Yeah. All of a sudden, we got to take care of ourselves. Right. And that's where we're, no one's here to go it alone. And I think a lot of times, this is why we have people who do Reiki. This is why we have doctors. We have this guy who could snap his fingers and have everything fixed in a second. Mm-hmm. But we need to have these other people step into our lives and play their part so we see that we all need each other to make this thing work. Right. Being in the womb, too, is, is significant, too. A lot of people are, uh, a lot of practitioners are doing, um, like, salt baths now where they they bring you into, like, this little salt cave and you kind of float in the water and it's supposed to simulate what it was like in the womb and stuff like that. Yeah, some of this stuff's kind of still out there for me, but yeah. Yeah, maybe it does. I mean, I've, I've went to salt caves where you sat in these zero-gravity chairs. I mean, that's kind of right. cool, but, yeah. you know, I... Every generation has its things that they think work. Yeah. But my bottom line is if it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Right. You know, none of us came here broken. No. That's that's the most important thing people need to take from perfect. any of this stuff. We're perfect for the experience we came here to have. Right. If it were more perfect at two years old than we are at 20 years old, you also feel very connected to animals, too. Uh, yeah. And... Um, there's a long story on that with my daughter and her horse and how she acquired this horse and everything else. But um, I didn't realize the affinity I had to animals or the connection I had to animals. So I got some miniature horses for my daughter. I mean, I had a dog growing up, but it was a beagle. And, pfft, you know, yeah, you can't train those things to do anything other than run away. And um, <laughs> it, there's definitely a connection with animals. And people who don't believe that there's a connection between the humans and animals are really missing something. And... Uh, I've had experience doing Reiki on horses um, through my daughter, you know, setting it up because she does equine massage therapy. And, and, um, and real quick before we continue, can you tell people listening what Reiki is if they don't know? Reiki, it, the, the legalese is it's a Japanese relaxation technique. It can be hands-on, hands-off. You're fully closed on a table. And it's technically speaking a Japanese relaxation technique. Although I've had people... And I've had this happen to me. All of a sudden, you start sobbing. Somebody gets to a certain spot, you start sobbing. You know, it's it's. it's a, but it is. I think it's it's a healing thing, but healing is not always curative. Right. So you know, people think, well, you know, my father has cancer. He's sixty years old. To Reiki and I'm gonna cure him. Well, we're going to heal him. The healing may be putting him in a position of acceptance to realize that his experience has ended. Right. It's time for him to go. I don't say that. But people get a sense of peace when they're on when they're on uh, when they receive Reiki right. if they are open to it. Some people think it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And those, some of the stories my wife has about clients because she, she worked in cancer centers. Well, those are the logical people. Seen. Well, yeah, we could be logical to an extent, but logic holds us back. It does. You know, one of my messages says, "What you dream of is reality, and what you think is reality is actually the dream." That's right. So. That's right. So uh, back to the animals. Back to the animals. The animals, Mr. Ed does talk. Okay. Okay. He doesn't verbalize the way we do. Talking is very cumbersome. But through thoughts, I get images, pictures, and uh, many times I'll get stories about the owner. And the owner says, wow, where's this coming from? And so it, it's interesting because you get in that connection with that animal. And um, perfect example, my daughter does canines also so she was going to see this dog and she was told that the dog needs to be muzzled 
because it's it's very aggressive, blah, 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 but it needs this help with, I don't, don't even know what it needed help with other than its attitude, but something she could do with canine massage. So I told my daughter, well, the night before you go, send this dog thoughts. Tell the dog what you're going to do, not with words, just with your mind. Show them what you're going to do. When you get there, show them what car you're driving, what time you're going to be there. So no, da, lang- da, da, da. No, 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 no language. No language. Just use right. your mind because right. this is how animals communicate, obviously, with us. Yes. They're communicating through thoughts. She got there. The dog was like a puppy. Yeah. And there's a picture of her on Facebook taking her notes. The dog is sitting on her lap. The owner was like, what the? Never had the dog acted like that because the dog knew what was coming. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. Now, people look at me like I'm crazy, but I have more and more stories about that. Well, and if anybody wants to know if Reiki actually works, I believe I have scientific proof. Well, I don't think you're crazy. And, and uh, something I talk about I a do. lot. I do. I think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> something I, I, that I, I teach, try to teach people a lot is that you know language is, language is man-made, right? So uh, what you just said is significant that you're not going to get through to the animal with language. Sometimes it's like that with humans, too. Our mind, when we got the voice in our head, it's sort of distracting a little bit. But if it's just visualizations with no language, right? right. Now you can get somewhere. You want the animal to see what you're trying to convey, and the animal does that back to you. With pictures. With visualization yes, of pictures. Yes, it's not words. And people ask me, what do you hear? It's, 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 it, I can't explain it. It's like I don't have the vernacular to explain what's occurring. Right. And Because and, um, whatever I say is not going to do it justice. But, but I, I, did, I worked on this one horse. And the horses started acting up, and it was it was you know it was one of the best horses this woman ever had. It, it, and it never acted. I always behaved. She can't even ride this thing anymore. So my daughter's working. I want me to go up and do Reiki on this horse. I'm doing stuff on this horse. I see the horse. The horse telling me. Oh. See, I just said telling me, but basically it boiled down to the horse is standing in its power and it wants its owner to do the same. So I told the owner this. She's looking at me. I says, yeah. And then then, then I'm getting a picture of of um, of an indoor rink. She says, oh my god. She says, my husband told me if I sell the land across the street, I can build an indoor riding rink. Mm. I sold the land across the street. My husband went and bought a condo in Myrtle Beach. Mm. So she never got her indoor rink. And a horse is probably saying, okay, enough of this crap. Because she had horses all her life. But her husband was kind of not all in with the horses. Her kids aren't all in with the horses. You ruined dad's life with the horses. But the bottom line is she had the horses since she was 10, 12 years old. Right. They're the ones that came into this life. Why should she change what she... And the horse is telling her, you got to stand in your power. Right. So then a woman goes, should I divorce my husband? I said, well, I don't ask the horse. I'm not going to tell you that one. But, you know, it's just that the animals, our animals, many times, our guides will appear to us as animals. Yeah. So if you're more connected with animals, your guides may appear to you as animals. And they may be sending you messages in behavior, in, in sickness that they have, in, in their actions in everyday life. But I was getting back to where I said, I think I have scientific proof for Reiki. My daughter does thermal imaging on horses to find pain points. Mm. She has a little thermal imaging camera. You can see the heat signatures. She did one horse. I go into Reiki and this horse, not knowing what where I should be or anything. I just go by where I'm guided or where I think I should be. She did thermal imaging after that. Nine out of ten pain points were gone. Now, you would think that just my hand would have left a heat signature on a horse. Right. But it didn't. 
So hmm. the only thing that made those pain points go away was me standing next to this horse for 20 minutes doing my thing. Right. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So Reiki does something on some level. Well, we're all energy. I saw a Taoist master one time on video. This is back in like the early 90s. You could tell because the tape was grainy, not clear like today. And this Taoist Chinese master lit a newspaper on fire with his hand. He's just holding it and just... Well, we have no idea what our what our potential is. I mean, back in my day, there was the amazing Kreskin. He'd hold up a fork and it'd bend in front of your face. Yes. I mean, it's like they say we use ten percent of our brain right. capacity. Correct. I've met people that use a lot less, but then again, there's people out there that use a lot more. Right. So, what part of your brain is working when you're connecting with the other side? What's what's well, opening well, up? Not there? not just that, but like like Gautama the Buddha taught twenty five hundred years ago. You know, long before Einstein, he said everything's empty. And what he was meaning is everything's layered. So this table, if you put this table underneath the microscope, it's not a table anymore. No, no that's why I go to people. I says, you know, not everything is the way we think it is. Because on, you know, on atomic our level, eyes, this table's moving all over the place. That's right. right. Now it looks stationary. That's right. Our eyes can only see so much. This is why atheists or skeptics or agnostics or whatever this is why they can't believe in anything because they're stuck in the logic well how many things do we have in our world today that were impossibilities even 50 years ago sure so to, can to you say imagine that a, can you imagine a car 300 years ago oh yeah people would be like what's that yeah yeah <laughs> and, and and to think that you know science would like you to believe that the earth is a bunch of random activities that occurred to get us to the point we are today. Right. There's no randomness in what happened in the development of the earth, the evolution of species and things like that. Yeah. To get us to where we are today. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of religious people don't like the theory of evolution because it insinuates that we are come from primates or things like that. That's our vessel. Yeah. Who cares where our vessel comes from? Right. There was a time we wouldn't buy a car from Japan. Right. Now they're all from Japan. Right, right. Okay, so here, who cares where our vessel comes from? Is our vessel serving its purpose? Right. So it doesn't, the religious fanatics that don't want to believe in evolution, just the fact that we did maybe evolve from apes, who cares? Right. Our soul has always been our soul. That's right. So. That's right. And, you know, going back to the emptiness thing and everything being layered, if one were to tap into that energy, right? Because we're we, we're layered too, right? If if uh, if I put my hand underneath the microscope, I'm no longer a forty-year-old oh, Caucasian male. It's just cells, and then the cells are atoms, and then it keeps going down to electricity and energy. If one were to tap into that, then couldn't one bend the spoon, just like in the movie The Matrix? Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. I'd like to be able to do that. But, you know, a couple of times anyway. After that, I get boring. <laughs> I feel like we're living in a mystery school. Well, And learning leads to remembering. Yeah. So you can't discount the learning aspect. Yeah. Because I, I always say, well, I'm not here to learn anything. You're here to remember, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And people look at you like, what, what it's are a you bridge. talking about? No pun intended. Yeah, it, it, gets you, yeah exact, it gets you to, to the next to, It's like you have to, to become point. a seeker first. Not all the time. You weren't a seeker. 
No, you don't have to be a seeker. And I have people that come to me that I call the seekers. And many times their messages will come through from their guides that listen, pick one and sit with it. Yeah. You know, we have people going to this modality, this modality, this modality, doing this, doing that, doing this, going to this reader, going to this reader, here, over here, now getting Akashic readings. It's like, whoa, 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 wait. Sit with something and allow it to nurture it. You don't right. put a seed in the ground. If it doesn't come up the next day, you start throwing more in. And it doesn't come up, you throw more in. Put it in the ground, nurture it, and see what comes up. It's like you can't say People are in like there's like there's a rush to get this all straight. Right. And and that's how you'll find your purpose. And your purpose is many times multi-layered. It's not just one grandiose thing you're going to do. Right. Your purpose may have been to let somebody cross in, cross in traffic today. That could have been part of your purpose. Right. Right. Do you think that being that you're from the Catholic tradition originally, do you think that um, uh, Jesus had these abilities to see the Yeah, Akashic I records? think Jesus, the main thing about Jesus was he was he, he did not come here to show us how amazing he was. He came here to show us how amazing we are. Right. And it was a role we model. all have yeah. the potential. Mm-hmm. We all have the ability if we tap into it. But right after that, Everything started changing. Yep. Guilt, fear, God's going to punish, da da da. So all of a sudden we start towing a line. Okay, yep. we better not try doing that. Yep. I better not turn this water into wine because what the hell is going to happen? You know what I mean? So yep. it's, it, that is, you know, and the Bible was written how many thousands of years ago? It'd be a much different book today if it was written today. Sure would. It'd be much different if some women had some portions written in there too. Yeah. You know, the writers were women. It's a good point. It's, 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 I don't discount what's in the Bible. Some of it, I think, is basically uh, uh, like a fable to, to, to teach an example. And some of it, I think, is, is truth. But that being said, truths change. Yeah. You know, we look at the world through the eyes of our judgment. And our ju- we don't know the story behind the souls having these experiences. It's almost like the homeless guy under the bridge. We rescue him, we bring him to a shelter, we give him a shower, give him clean clothes, he's back under the bridge. We do it multiple times, he's back. Yeah. Not everybody is here to be saved. Right, right. Not everybody is here to be saved. And people always come up with a Hitler thing. Yeah. Is Hitler in heaven? Well, his, yeah, he's sort of heaven. Why wouldn't he be? What did he come here to teach humanity? Did that soul sign up to say, okay, I'll play this part to teach humanity X, Y, and Z? Right. And have we learned the lesson? Yes. To an extent? Yes. But we still have wars. We still have genocide going on in other countries. Right. We don't have it going on in Germany anymore. But you sure. know, the point is, humans have been battling and killing each other for thousands and thousands of years. I, all based in fear and greed. You bring up great points. That's ego. E- I was just going to say that. That's all ego based. It's like we're given this thing in our head called ego. And it's like a wild horse. And it's on us to tame it through the years. I mean, ego got me here today. To have this podcast with you. Right. But ego can also do perceived negative things. Sure. But the thing is, is this world ever supposed to be a big peaceful campfire with everybody making s'mores? No. No. We're supposed to have our experience, and some of them perceived to be negative, but we have to remember who and what we are while this is occurring. Right. We had the war to end all wars how many times? Right, right. And we still have wars. Right. The, The divine choreographed dance that's going on here. Right. 
Don't look at them as human beings killing each other or starting wars. Look at them as souls having an experience. Okay, could we try to gain a perspective on why they're having the experience they're going to have? Right. Why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been fighting over a pile of rocks in the Middle East for thousands of years. Right. Who's going to go in there and snap their fingers and make it go away? It's probably not going to. Right. But we have a story of the end of the world. People talk about the end of the world. It's supposed to happen already numerous times, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But the end of the world is not the end of the globe. Because when that was written, their idea of the world was very small. That's right. It was the Middle East. What I believe the end of the world is, is the end of a mindset. And it's the mindset of religion. Most of our wars are rooted in some sort of religious yep. thing. Sure is. And God's up there saying, yo, you guys got this all wrong. <laughs> Stop blaming me for this crap. So, it, 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 you know, it's an end of a mindset where we become more spiritual and less religious. That's right. That's the end of the world. That's right. And we're better to occur than where it all started. The awakening. It's just an awakening, a major awakening. If someone were to hear this podcast and sort of take this information, and of course they're going to rationalize it because that's what people do. Oh yeah, we we overanalyze everything. Yeah, yep. just take it for what it's worth, and that's it. And it's not it's not a it's not if a they're if they're conversion armed, therapy going on here. If they're armed with this information, with the gems that were given on this recording, perhaps their lives can become less stressful and more peaceful. Because things happen. Things are going to happen, things right? Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. You may stub your toe. You might get into a car accident. You might, someone close to you may die. Circumstances like the weather, it always changes. It's going to change, right? And what, what, we, what we've been talking about on this podcast is these are the experiences that you have to go through. It's the evolution, right? It's the well, evolution it's the of, your, of your soul. Your yes. soul. Your soul is experiencing this for a reason. It's 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 almost like healing past lifetimes that you had. Where you, I don't want to say you didn't get it right because there's no right, there's no wrong, but you didn't get what you came here to get. Yeah. So you keep having these experiences over and over, so you can get the message that I am worthy, I am deserving, I am perfect, and all this stuff. That is what ultimately is going on and in one of my books i I finished it out saying you know whether or not you believe this stuff was channeled from some divine source or not how much worse off would your life be if you followed the advice in those messages Mm. i mean think about it if you looked at people differently if you looked at people as souls having their experience instead of that neighbor next door that you feel like driving over shrubs every time you get home what is he telling you about you? Most people are mirrors for ourselves because ultimately it's just this whole world's been created for our experience. Right. There wouldn't be as many woe as me's and depression and you know, we'd just be like, oh, okay, well, you know. And the addictive personalities. I mean, sometimes people come in to family units that have this generational thing with alcoholism or what have you. Maybe you were the one to come in that's going to break that chain. Right. But you had to experience it first in order to release it. You can't release anything you haven't embraced. So if you want to drop that tennis ball off the Empire State Building, you have to grab it first. Right. And you grab it from a position of unconditional love because you know it's serving a purpose. Don't have to worry about what it is. Just know it is. Then you can release it. 
the same with anger, all that stuff. You have to look at your anger and say, what is it telling me about myself? Right. Right on. I, I hope people have gotten the gems in this recording. Where can they find you, Ken? Um, well, you, your book's on Amazon? My book's are on Amazon. Well, I, I've, I've heard good things about your book from people, so that's how we ended up on this recording. No, you should talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk to your wife. But yes, Ken Fresky. Look him up on Amazon. Can they find you on any social media? Come say hi. Um, I, have a, I have a Ken Fresky author Facebook page, Okay. and that's about as far as I go with that. And you're here at the and bridge. And if they want to email me, it's k.fresky, F-R-E-S-K-E-Y, the phonetic spelling of my name, yep. at snet.net. All right, and if you're looking for me, you can go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.